Hi. This week on Papa PhD, we'll be focusing on graduate students and their professional development needs and common blind spots. My guest did her PhD in the biological sciences, and throughout her academic journey, she learned the value of working on her professional skills and has coached many students in exploring their career choices. It is a struggle, and I know that the PhD takes a lot of time because I've seen it and I've lived it and I've, you know, I have tons of friends that spend like 60 hours a week in lab. But if you can take a few hours to do something outside of lab, it actually clears your brain to be like, oh, you know what, I was thinking about this project and like, as you're in there, you know, going through it, you get, get frustrated and get to cycle of like, this is not working, this is not, when you take a step away and then come back, then you, you know, things become clear. And so it's always good to take some time doing something or some activity that you like to do or, or some hobby and then get back into that. Welcome to Papa PhD with David Mendez, the podcast where we explore careers and life after grad school with guests who have walked the road less traveled and have unique stories to tell about how they made their place in a world of constantly evolving rules. Get ready to go off the beaten path and hop on for an exciting new episode of Papa PhD. Dr. Ginelle Wint is the Assistant Dean for Academic Affairs for the Graduate School of the Stowers Institute for Medical Research. Ginelle has extensive experience in program management, graduate career professional development, mentoring and outreach. As a graduate career coach at Stony Brook University, she led one-on-one career coaching sessions and coordinated career exploration seminars. She has served on the executive board of many organizations, held a position in the Center for Inclusive Education, and has advocated for graduate students on local, state, and national levels. Janelle received her PhD in molecular cellular biology from Stony Brook University in the laboratory of Dr. Howard Sirotkin. She has a bachelor's degree in biology and general studio art from the University of Miami in Coral Gables, Florida. Welcome to Papa PhD, Janelle. Thank you. I'm super, super happy to have you here. And, uh, you know, just looking at at your bio, uh, I'm I'm really grateful to have someone with such, such, uh, so much experience specifically in this question of coaching you know graduate students into whichever careers come after so thank you for being here um yeah so tell me one thing janelle and and yeah let's start by sharing with the the listener who's who's now uh eager to know what your story is all about what the, this journey was that brought you from a, a phd in molecular cell biology to what to where you are today uh, can you talk a little bit about the PhD, maybe how you decided to go into a PhD? Okay, yes. Um, so it, I guess it journeys back to when I was an undergraduate student. I was um, I was a double major and I was also pre-med. And But when I graduated undergrad, I realized I didn't want to go into medical school like a lot of other undergraduates do. And so I explored Mm -hmm. um, various different jobs. And then I ended up working in a medical lab field for a little while. And from there, I knew that I wanted to do graduate school in some capacity. But um, 
it was there. When I was working, I was working in a histology lab, which deals with like pathological specimens. And so I really wanted to know more of the background of like how these testing is done and, you know, a little bit about the history of that. And, and so I started looking into PhD programs at that time in pathology research. Um, and so that led me into applying to Stony Brook University initially for the master's degree because I didn't have extensive undergraduate research uh, at the time I was applying. So I felt like it was a good transition to get the master's to then I, I eventually really wanted the PhD. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I did the master's, I, did, I discovered developmental biology as a field. And so then I continued on and actually did my PhD in that field in developmental biology. Mm -hmm. But while I was in school, I was involved in a lot of um, like organizations on campus and a lot of school activities. And even starting when I was in the master's program, I was in I was a part of an organization called Graduate Women in Science and Engineering. And we, we ran a lot of programs and we did a lot of um, other activities. And I guess the journey started that I wanted the PhD to go back into the medical lab field. And so, but then as I was there from the master's to the PhD, I wasn't sure what career I wanted to do. So then this led me into actually joining an organization called Graduate Career Association. And I joined that from I was a first year PhD student and actually was involved with that organization the entire time I was like in the PhD program. And that in that organization, we actually invited a lot of panelists and speakers that had PhDs um, to come to talk, a lot of alumni actually, to come and talk about how their journey from the PhD to wherever they are now. Sometimes it was in academia or outside of academia. And that really, and helping, helping out organizing these events really like led me to see like, oh, there's like all these other opportunities. And plus I really enjoyed on top of everything, I really enjoyed creating those programs. And mm -hmm. um, another position that I held was a position in student government. So I was the vice president okay. of student government. And in that role, I got to see the administrative side of the university in a different light. So we had regular meetings with the provost, with various deans, and, and sometimes with the president of the university. And that's when I really was like, there's a whole world running an institution. <laughs> and I really, that's when I really um, solidified, like, I really want to be a part of that. Like, I want to help students in a way, you know, provide the resources for them in, in any way that I can, because I know what it was like to be a graduate student and to be in lab. And, and so, like... That's... Sorry, yeah, yeah. That, that's super cool. And you're, you're mentioning something that I, I often try to, to to mention and to encourage young you know graduate students to do which is to to get implicated in different groups that are that are not research related but that are around uh, student bodies and uh, like you said this this career kind of I don't know if there were seminars that must have been that must have been awesome for you not only in the guests that you were meeting and maybe networking with but also I imagine tell me if I'm right in the the kind of the community that you were being take you know being part of at university it was not only not only no longer just the lab but you had this other community around these yeah. things right and how how would you say uh this you know how, how did it transpire how did you 
get to get involved? Was, did someone invite you? Did you see uh, you know something on a billboard? How how did you find out about these these uh, groups? Uh, and and then how did you go about getting involved and uh, and starting to do these things? Um, so the first group, the graduate women in science and engineering, my friends were a part of it. So then I, I joined that, that group. Mm -hmm. Um, but actually the graduate career association group, uh, someone suggested like, if I really wanted to do more programming and I wanted to help out a group that, because it was a little bit more of a substantial group than the previous one, mm -hmm. that I should join that group. And then that was like one of the best <laughs> decisions that I made at that time. So someone actually suggested that I look into it and then I did. And, and I'm really grateful for that because then that like changed the trajectory of where I was at the time and where I was going. Um, and so, yeah, so getting involved, I guess I, I'm a person that likes to stay busy as you can probably tell. And I like to get involved <laughs> yeah. and, and it just really was that outlet that helped me, you know, because the students got a lot out of it. I got, you know, tons of experience from being in that program. And it was, yeah, it was just something that I, you know, saw as that, as that way of building those skills that I needed. Mm. That that's that's great, and uh, I think it's an it's a, an inspiration that for the listener to maybe look around. If if you're stuck in just in the lab, and if you have still this tunnel vision of there's only one way to go, uh, you know, after completing my degree, one, it's not true. There's there's many ways, and we can talk about it later. And two, one of the ways to find about these things is. Get involved, get with your peers that are maybe on another floor, maybe on another in another department in things that are interdisciplinary and uh, and and that that are also that interest you, of course. But uh, I think you you did you know you, your choices were great and also the fact because sometimes opportunities come and you don't take them right. But like you said, you like to keep busy, so I guess you couldn't say no to <laughs> to these opportunities. Um, but okay, one other thing that I that I wanted to ask about this process is the change. You, you're talking about a change of perspective. You went into this academic track, let's say thinking like I was like I mentioned before in a kind of a one track thing in it's in kind of a tunnel vision but then meeting these people seeing alumni that had different journeys changed your 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 point of view changed your your whole horizon of what you could become some you know a few years later now can you talk a little bit about the process F from that point on i guess things started moving in your yeah. mind uh How, what what was the process of you know completing your phd and then deciding what exactly where you were going to go next that was a it was a long journey actually because i because mm -hmm. I, i was already from my first year in the phd program already thinking what am i going to do with this and and initially i remember in the beginning steps i was taking some science communication courses and sci-com was kind of big around 2014 2015 And I was like, hmm, maybe this could be, you know, an avenue that I can work in because I enjoyed talking to the public and I did some, you know, some outreach. And also I spoke to some high school classes as part of one of my science communication course. But then as I went on and, and started doing more with the Graduate Career Association, we actually had a program called 
um, that was part of the association called the, the PhD Career Ladder Program. And this program was a peer-led mentoring, like career, career exploration program in which we would meet like six or eight students at a time once a month for like an hour or two for the month and just discuss what is the next step in our career journey. And we would do, um, we would talk about self-assessments such as the My IDP, and then we would go into like informational interviews, like, okay, you've decided that you might wanna work in these three areas. Can you contact someone that is doing that job right now? What skills do they have? And where can you get those skills to, by the time you graduate, you'll be ready. And so I actually was a part of the program twice. And then I led three other, pro three other groups of students. Oh, wow. And going through those process, like even when I was leading the group, I would actually, you know, do some of the steps along with them as well. And, and thinking about like, what do I like to do? What do I see myself doing? That really solidified, okay, I know that I wanna be helping students in some capacity. And, and so I started building my, my skill set of um, professional development. And even actually in my last year of my PhD, I was an intern in the Career Center on campus. So that's where I was oh, a graduate okay. career coach. And um, students would come and see me and we'll do resume reviews, cover letter reviews. And, and then I would, I would actually do some career coaching as well as like, okay, this is what you've done. These are the next steps you can take. And like doing that really, really solidified, okay, this is what I see myself doing, like helping students. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, it's funny. It seems like you enjoyed or, well, you liked the process so much and you wanted to give back the, and things, you know, kind of uh, the, the planets aligned and you said, okay, this is actually what I want to do. I want to, I want to give to students who have the same questions I have now, but now I have all the tools to exactly. offer that help. <laughs> that's, that's great. So, so in, in a way you, by, by taking part in these, in these initiatives, and maybe I want to talk about how you, you know, how you found time to do that, but in taking part in these initiatives, you started training yourself into into the position that that you actually are 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 today. So that that's really really cool. Now about time management for activities besides your research, because I re I remember thinking of my PhD. I might have had trouble being so involved in 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 something, or actually I might have trouble imagining myself or picturing myself having the time to take part in something yeah. like that. Can you talk a little bit about that process and about ways, you know, people can find, find time to, to uh, spice a little bit, spice up a little bit of their academic or their graduate um, school life with something like yeah, this? Yeah, time management was an essential part of everything. I wouldn't suggest people get involved as much as I did. Because um, that was, <laughs> I was always in lab and always doing stuff out of lab. There was no, like, Basically, it was no, a lot of, not a lot of off time for me, which is not healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, it was, um, so I would spend, I would spend a lot of times in lab on the weekends, actually. And, and so, because like the, the culture of, of my, um, my research was that a lot of times people would come in on the weekends and there would be like, the shared equipment would be available more. And um, so I, I didn't, so in that, and when I was building out my schedule, I would be in lab every day. And then afterwards I'd either go to one meeting or I'd go to another meeting and there'll be something that I was doing almost every single day. And then on the weekends, things that I didn't finish in my 
you know, in my research, I would like finish it up on either a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, and so, you know, that if you do that too much, then you, you get burnt out and you build up. But um, towards the end, I started getting a little bit better. I guess in the beginning, it was a little bit more chaotic of like, what do I do first? <laughs> and then I started really restricting times. Like, no, I'm definitely going to be doing this at this time and then not doing anything else. And and so I, when I was doing the internship, I like limited the hours of that. And I wasn't doing anything else for any other programs when I was doing it. So it was okay. just lab and just that. And it was only a few hours a week. So it wasn't like, you know, a, a large time commitment. But it is a struggle. And and I know that the PhD takes a lot of time because I've seen it and I've lived it. And I've, you know, I have tons of friends that spend like 60 hours a, a week in lab. And, and so... Yeah. But if you can take a few hours to do something outside a lab, it actually clears your brain, you know, space to be like, oh, you know what? I was thinking about this project. And like, as you're in there, you know, going through it, you get, get frustrated and get to cycle of like, this is not working. This is not, when you take a step away and then come back, then you, you, you know, things become clear. And so it, I, it's always good to take some time doing something or sort of some activity that you like to do or, or some hobby and then get back into lab and, and do that. And I guess kind of me getting involved was kind of that, that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and again, different people have you know have different uh, like how can I say uh, um, rhythms to their life and and you know and and different intensity <laughs> uh, to to uh, how they can get involved in different projects. But now let, let's you know I think people I think it's clear now that just the fact of you know having it can be a hobby, it can be a sport, having something where you take your mind off the research and then you come back refreshed i think that's clear that it's it's a positive thing to do and i it's i think it's very well you know documented and 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 widespread information but now let's talk about uh you know you have this experience now of of of, of a few years now you're in, in this new position but if someone you know does not want to get involved in creating such such types of, of things but wants to take advantage of them one of the things that i that i have found is uh and with, when interacting with students is uh, when they're first year students it feels like they find it weird that we talk about these you know these other possibilities than becoming a, a professor they're not attuned to it they just arrived in the program and in their mind they're projecting the, themselves in a, in a certain way can you talk about your experience with with this evolution of the graduate students openness let's say to think about these things and also talk about when you think is the sweet spot for really starting to think about future careers and going to talk with someone like you Okay, that is a, a very good question um, because I've seen students that that um, come straight from undergrad, going into a PhD program, and then before they know it, they're like, okay, well, what am I doing? Like, you know, academic um, jobs and prospects are just not what it used to be. And, um, you know, the struggle, like getting a PhD is not an easy thing. And anyone who's done it will know and will tell you that it's not an easy, even if you do everything right, especially in the sciences. And for me, in the biological sciences, like science doesn't care like how how much you work on this problem. (laughs) It'll just do and tell you, you know, what's there. But um, you should 
so getting in, so, so you start a PhD program, the first year is usually filled with a lot of coursework, and then you get into your second year and then you start getting into whatever your research is, your, you know, whatever the thesis research or what you're, you're there for. And so what I would suggest is like later on in the second year, going into the third year is when you should start thinking about the future and setting aside mm-hmm. a few hours a month, at least, um, to working on that. Because essentially the PhD is a training and you're going to get a skill set when you finish, whether you want to stay in academia or move outside of academia, you're going to use that skill set. Um, you know, in, in whatever job you're using. So discovering what you want to do with that is it's a good thing. And thinking about it early, it's only going to benefit you. Um, because once you get into your last year, things get crazy. Like, trust me, you start writing your dissertation, you start going into, you know, you just want to block out everything. You don't want to think about applying for jobs. You don't want to think about, you know, having to interview when you're going through this last few steps of the PhD. But it, but like having a peace of mind that you've thought about it earlier on that you've you know you've gotten additional skills that you needed for whichever career you you are interested in it's always it's going to be beneficial to you so Mm -hmm. um so starting in this the at least the late second year into the third year is is a really good time period to get into that Mm -hmm. and why would you say and again I'm, i'm thinking of a listener who's still try hearing what you're saying but it's still not making a lot of sense w- why would you say it's important to kind of uh, i've been using this expression lately to imagine different universes one where you become a professor but then also it's important to think of the other ones where, where you become i don't know an artist a, de- a designer a, a writer why is it important to have these you know to kind of start thinking and 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 considering these alternative or, or, or different possibilities than just the professoriate? Um, well, I'm not essentially, I'm not exactly saying that you can't only think about the professoriate, um, but I mean, it's good, it is good to have other careers in mind, but even, for example, that you know 100%, you're just not going give, to give up on being a professor, even d- dedicating time to getting to that goal outside of lab is also a good thing. So even, you know, if you need to get a postdoc, for example, for your, your, your next step, you know, looking into who offers postdoc, who's doing what research, dedicating time to do that outside of your research is always going to benefit you. So it, even if you're going into becoming uh, into academia or outside of academia, what I'm saying is to dedicate the time to developing that and to thinking about your professional development is necessary. And, and it gives you peace of mind later on that you've done some of the legwork earlier on. If you were distracted just now, please rewind 10 seconds and listen to what Janelle just said. Regardless of whether your professional goals are in academia or not, taking time to consider your options and to start planning and networking during your graduate studies is key and will make things easier and smoother at the end of your degree when you'll be going through a lot of pressure and will have very little time to invest in anything else than finishing up and writing your thesis. I then asked Janelle about what her current position at the Stowers Institute entails. Yeah, so my, so my current role is uh, Assistant Dean for Academic Affairs. 
at uh, Styron's Institute. And we're actually mm -hmm. a private um, institute, like a, a small research mm -hmm. institute that's not affiliated with the university, but we have a graduate program. And so part of my role is um, helping oversee this program and, and okay. helping the students, um, interacting with faculty. I'm kind of like the liaison in administration between faculty and students and, and helping to make sure that the, the program's running the way that it should be running. Mm -hmm. um, and in the future, I'm going to be developing, you know, a professional development arm to, to this role as well, because a lot of my previous skills is going to lead into that. But since I just started, it's not, I'm not starting that right now. But right now, because of the pandemic, I haven't actually seen or even interacted with a lot of students because they have different schedules and like everything's mm -hmm. just a little bit more slowed down because of everything that's going on. So, of course. And um, now, maybe going back to, to your experience before with students, um, again, always when I ask these questions, I'm always thinking of the listener, of the problems they might be or the obstacles they might be facing or the anxieties they, that they might be feeling. I, I imagine that you have seen very anxious students in, in, you know, in your time, in your other position coming to you, maybe insecure about, you know, am I, am I going to be successful or uh, am I going to be a failure if I'm not continuing in academia, things like, things like that. What, what are, would you say in your experience, the, what's the, the, the number one question that that people have come to you a, a little bit anxious or you know or 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 yeah or preoccupied and that you have found a way to kind of tell them okay don't worry all, all your colleagues are going through this even though you think it's just you and look there's this resource there's this uh, thing you can do and that's the most important thing that you were touching about is the resources so telling and showing students like there's tons of information that can help you you know achieve and to get to that next level that you want to get to because it, it it causes a lot of anxiety you know thinking about a career you know you've worked so hard to get a degree and that you just want to get to this next step and to get to a, a point where you feel like, I don't know if I can do this, or I don't know if I can go into the next step. It, it causes a, a lot of anxiety. So as a, you know, as a, a person who is in that role of professional development and, and career services and career counseling, you, you have to reassure the student that yes, you can, you know, it is possible for you to get to this next step. Let me show you other places and resources of information that can help you get to that step. And like just empowering them to go on and to do, the, do what they need to do to get to that place is you know part of the the whole profession and and it's, it's just making sure to reassure the students that they can do it and what would one of these resources be that that you found has been very helpful and and that in general students are not aware of it and when they you know when they found out about it they're like eureka you know I, okay thank you for showing me this i feel much better now is there like a one go-to no, that you would... there's no one go-to <laughs> <laughs> so just like my mind is like swirling with like other uh, you you mentioned my idp yeah. uh, i think that's a great that, that's, a, that's a really good example i was going to mention it because um that's a really good starting point uh and it's a very comprehensive uh you know assessment of where you are what you like to do what are your your values what are your interests what are your skills 
and like putting that all together and evaluating based on what you've answered here, these are certain areas and careers that you might see fit. And then sometimes you're surprised. So as part of the PhD career ladder program, we would do that as like our initial step. And then we would ask like, what, what surprised you? Like, you know, somebody who's, who was considering consulting, for example, and then they get like sales representatives, like, I'm not good at sales, <laughs> you know, it's just like, but why do you think that this was, you know, maybe you could look into it more, maybe you would be surprised. So like, that's where we kind of try to like, you know, because they, they did this assessment, there was a reason why the algorithm, you know, put together why they're fitting that way. So maybe you should look into it. Maybe you'll be surprised by what you find. And like, that's when the process starts where, they start exploring and you're like, you know, I never knew that this job involved this or that. And, and mm-hmm. I, I love that stuff. <laughs> now, just a question out of, of pure uh, curiosity, and I have never considered it. How far into your career can you just go and do the MyIDP? Uh, and, and, you know, how useful would it be if you're like in your second postdoc and, uh, and you've been just doing research? Just curious. Um, I think you should be able to do it as a postdoc, you know, even if you're late into your your postdoc phase. You'll get answers from the the process, right? Now, you mentioned one thing right at the beginning, which was being involved in in a group that was about women in science. And I I myself was, uh, so my PhD was from a university in Portugal. I came to Canada from Portugal and I was here doing my research as a visiting research student. And I always also think about people out there who are, and a lot of, we know there's a lot of foreign students uh, in Canada, in the States. Have you, know, in your experience in the, the career counseling program, did you have uh, students that were foreign students uh, and were there specific, um, you know, uh, issues or, or problems that they had so uh, at stony brook university actually we had a large international community about 50 percent mm-hmm. of our graduate students um, there you go. were international and so with that large percentage of international students we especially dealing with careers we have we spoke a lot about you know that certain opportunities you know if you're a domestic student you know it's different when you're an international student so we had there to work go. through yeah. that and I, and because all, a lot of my friends, basically all of them are from a different country and I've been on the journey with them as well to see what they have to go through. And, and so I've done a lot of like personal learning and, and trying to help other students, like you're not alone, that, that, you know, this issue is there, that people can help you and, and just get the information that you need to get. And, and there are ways to achieve the, the goal of whatever career you want to get. Um, it might not happen right away. You might have to do something, you know, more related to your, your thesis research in the beginning, but eventually you can get there. And, and it's a lot. The process is actually, I would just want to say out there for everyone who's an international student, like I commend you because it, it's, it's not an easy process being, um, especially here and, and, and in this, you know, the, the way um, things are going currently. But it's, it's a process that a lot of people are going through and, and it's definitely not easy, but, you know, there are success stories. So people do mm-hmm. get through it. Um, because I always tend to recommend for people because often if you come from abroad you might 
not be used to the culture. You might not uh, have uh, see cues uh, around you to oh, there's a seminar about this. There's 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 a resource about that. And I I usually say, look, if there's uh, even if imagine you're a, a PhD and there's a, a career panel for undergrads, go. Oh yeah, because the, the question of coming from being an outsider in a way may may put you in, into an even tinier tunnel than the one that we were talking before and you might have difficulty or not easily find a community find a tribe but also just be aware of the being aware of the resources that are, that are available to you might not be very clear so I, i'd like to you know to to hear if you confirm that you also uh, you know you also recommend that they go and use the resources that are there even though they might not be tailored specifically for them. Um, yeah, I mean, that is a good point. So I've program managed for a lot of events. And so communication is always a big part of that and making sure that mm -hmm. the community you want to reach is able to get that message. And it's something that I've been working with and trying to get a better way of getting information out there from you know my entire time in all of the organizations that I've been a part of. And, it, and it's true. A lot of times when you're in a PhD program, you're just in that lab, you're in that space, you're not intermingling with the undergrads, you're not aware of the events on campus. And, and, and it happens and it's understandable because you're, you're so much into your research, you're so much into what you're doing, you're just not paying attention to what's out there. And... Um, Yeah, it's just, it's something that's just gonna, that I've seen happen and, and there should be a better way. Like if there's like a centralized board or a website that has all the information of all the events, you could just periodically check it out. Um, I know that a lot of students get a lot of emails, so sometimes it's not the best way of communicating. Mm -hmm. You know, word of mouth is usually good, but there's, you know, it just, I guess it does take some time to... Um, get the information out there. And sometimes, sometimes you're like, I would say the program manager or coordinator would have a lot of this information too. Like they probably get emails all the time. And um, some, like, if you go and talk to them, like, have you heard of a program? And you're like, and then sometimes they would, they would be like, oh yeah, I just got an email about that actually. And, you know, you should check this out. Or, and so, you know, reaching out to those key people, that's like the keeper of the information. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, can also be helpful, but it's, it is a struggle. And, and then as you're saying, if you're an international student, plus like a PhD student in a new environment, like it is hard to get out there and to see mm -hmm. what's out there, but just start talking to people, start, you know, looking around and asking like, where can I find information? Um, I'm pretty sure there's something out there that they can find. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, and universities now, I think I've done, it's, I think it's evolving, but I've done a great job of having, you know, great websites. And if you, if you just write career center or you, you're going to find something, so, but, but I think it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I, a bit like a lot, you know, like a lot of people, I didn't think about any of these things until later on into my PhD. Um, but, uh, eventually I did and I, and I found things. And again, I, I went and went to events that were not really tailored for PhDs, but were still helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I found out that there were some for PhDs. So that was great too. <laughs> um, uh, Janelle, we're getting to the end of the interview and, um, I think we covered a lot of, a lot of interesting things. Um, but uh, I don't know if you would want to, to just before we finish share, um, 
some advice or or some comforts for for you know all the students that are out there and and that are uh, maybe missing their family because they're stuck in a country that you know they can't they, they you know they've been stuck now uh, since spring uh they you know and now, now well we're all recording a month uh, or so before christmas and you know there, there can be a lot of uh, emotional but also maybe mental health burden now in on the student community do you have a few words that you want to share to them of uh, of encouragement and of maybe what they can take this time to you know to do to kind of prepare them for uh, for uh, uh, the next step um in in their career let's say as a, as graduate students um yeah so basically you and all the students out there you're not alone and they're um, just try to find the community. So I, I would suggest, you know, having those regular Zoom meetings with your friends and keep maintaining it and trying to just keep as much contact with as many people as possible because it can get, get lonely sometimes and you, you're going to miss your family and, and um, just try to communicate with them as, as much as possible. And, and then, you know, with, with thinking about your future and your career, just start um, as early as you can. And just, you don't have to do a lot at once. You can just do a little bit at a time. You know, it's gonna add up. Just keep at it uh, with anything. And I think, yeah, I think that's mm. it. <laughs> I think it's a great point. It's like small steps, a little pebble every day, and then eventually you have a wall <laughs> that you've built. So I, no, I, I totally agree. Janelle, uh, this has been a great t- conversation. I really had a great time talking to you. But just before we finish, if people want to, you know, they were inspired by what, we, by, by what you were saying, they want to reach out and maybe ask you some questions, where can they find you? What's um, the best way to reach out to you? couple ways. <laughs> I, I am on Twitter. So I'm at mm-hmm. Dr. Wynn underscore signaling, um, which I guess will be linked uh, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then um, if you want to reach out, um, I guess I, will, I could put my, my email address out there as well. Um, okay. Well, uh, you are on LinkedIn yes, too, Yes, I'm right? on LinkedIn. So I think between Twitter and LinkedIn, people can reach out. And email is anyway. We'll we can discuss about about that. Okay. But I, I think uh, yeah, LinkedIn I think, and Twitter. Yeah, and I think they're great platforms. And I think for graduate students, independently or uh, you know independently of whether they want to stay or not in academia, having a nice LinkedIn profile, I think, is a great thing to do today. And again, we're all at home. Maybe this is one thing you can do. Go onto one of these networking platforms and build yourself a profile. It can be on Twitter, it can be on LinkedIn, and you'll see you can get in touch with new people and actually start having a community there. <laughs> yeah, actually, Janelle, sorry, I just yeah, wanted to say go that I got my position because of Twitter and LinkedIn. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, see, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just proving my point, Janelle. Yeah. This was a great conversation. I, I, I really want to thank you uh, immensely for having accepted my invitation. And uh, and um, yeah, I I wish you all the best in your new position. I commend the fact that you, uh, you know, you have this, you gave yourself this mission to help graduate students. It's one that is really really close to my heart too. So, you know, kudos and thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you for inviting me. And that's it for this episode of Papa PhD. Thanks for tuning in. Happy sharing, and see you next week. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas, and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests. Thank you.